0: It's time for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on VolQuest.
1: Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast. Merry Christmas to everyone on this Christmas Eve Eve I want to thank our friends at Smoky Mountain Organics for their continued support of the podcast and all they do for us. Smoky Mountain Organics got four locations to serve you, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, that location in Knoxville on Kingston Price, just across from Trader Joe's. Uh, Remember, you can shop online as well at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store. And, again, we certainly appreciate all they do for us at VolQuest.com. It's the Mailbag Edition with Rob Lewis and Austin Price. We've got plenty of questions to get to, and uh, let's get going. Right out of the gate here, we'll start with – I need a percentage on verse being evolved. Do you think he's a true instant starter or will he need some time? Thanks and a- Merry Christmas.
0: AP, a- you were giving me a percentage just before we started recording, breaking it down to a fraction. What you want you can repeat that?
2: Oh, geez. Um,
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas.
2: <laughs> you know, man, I, I'm not going above 50%. I mean, things have trended. So I would have told you when he left here that there was less than 50% chance that he ends up here. Um, since then, I think it's went up to 50. Like I, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm not willing to say that Tennessee's a prohibitive favorite, but I think Tennessee has just as good a shot as anyone else. And so, um, to me, they've trended the right way. He spent a lot of time with Rodney Gardner on the phone, um, in, in his drive from, you know, Albany to Phoenix to where his parents live. And so, you know, it, it, it's clear to me, and I, I think I've been having everyone or most people, everyone on the site seeing the interview I did with Jared Verse. Being able to be coached by Rodney Garner and the development is a big sticking point to him. And so can anybody, you know, surpass that to, to, to get him and, you know, keep Tennessee from getting him? To me, that's the biggest question.
1: Well, to, to me, the biggest question, Austin, is he going to take that fifth visit or not? You know, if it's not, if he's not, and I know he said that he can make a decision, go to a school he's not seen or visited, It's hard for me to see him doing that, just listening to him and talking to him, as kind of analytical as he is about things, it's hard for me to see him signing with a place he's never seen or or never visited. So, you know, is he going to take the fifth visit or is he not going to take the fifth visit? I I kind of got the impression from your interview, the fifth visit seems sort of unlikely. Exactly. That's that's the feeling I got too. But there's a lot of schools still calling, you know, and and a lot of schools have called – here, after the dead period has started, trying to get him to visit. So, uh, sure. to, to me, that's the biggest question. is whether or not he's going to take that fifth visit. If he doesn't, then I think you're probably looking at a Tennessee-Florida state battle, which is where I thought it was when he left Knoxville uh, from, from yes. his short stay here. So, we'll see. Fifth visit, to me, tells a lot about where that one is going. vol um, all all recruiting with the next question wants to know, where does Tennessee stand with Shamar Porter and Justin Brown? Is Jacob Page a take, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, all ball recruiting. What do you got there on uh, – uh, where does Tennessee stand? I know it's early with Porter and Brown. They're, they're, they're in it with Porter more
2: than they were. I would have said early in the football season, you know, he hadn't been up here, and it felt like Tennessee just couldn't get any traction. They've got a little bit of traction with him now. Um, Justin Brown, I think Tennessee's in a, a decent spot with. And then uh, Jacob Page, if he wanted to commit,
1: I think Tennessee would take him right now. Okay, so we'll see what happens with those guys. Of course, Tennessee on the road in January, uh, certainly working 23s and 24s, and that will start in-state. Bruce Fall wants to know, how have the other early enrollees that have participated in bowl practice? Look, Rob, we haven't got a chance to see them. One would imagine they jump in. It's in the middle of game planning. There's a lot of conversation taking place that those guys have no idea what that means, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you made this point a couple weeks ago, but I think it's overrated to get those guys in here for bowl practice. But I mean, your real benefit comes from being here in January and taking part in the offseason conditioning program, being here for spring practice when it's all, you know, fundamentals install. I mean, right now when you're mostly getting ready to play a game, those, those their, their heads are just spinning.
1: But don't you think socially it is a of, of and, and I'm with you. I mean, and that was my point earlier. But from a football standpoint, I don't think you get a lot take away. But from a social standpoint, if you get a week with with guys, you know, going to your position group Christmas dinner, you know, that type of thing. How, how big of a help is it socially, you think, for guys to make an I adjustment? Mean, I
0: think it. I think it helps, but I don't think it's drastically different than getting here in January. You know, I mean, it, it helps you. You know, I guess get a leg up on. Just seeing how different of an environment it is from, from high school. I don't care what kind of high school program you came from when you roll into an SEC program, the, the attention de- to detail, the level of preparation, all of that kind of I mean, it's just it's a whole different universe. I mean, so that helps. But again, five practices in December. I mean, how much of a big benefit is that from you know rolling in in January and you know it, and getting your career started six weeks from now?
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. Austin, is, it is unusual. Tennessee's got a, a I mean, a sled, a, not sled, load, but get four or five guys going through this, including a couple of kids from Florida that, you know, when you're talking about an eight or 10 hour drive to come up here and practice four or five times and go home for Christmas.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I
2: it is. I, the one thing I, I'll, I, the one thing I think about it is I think Rob's right. Like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter a whole lot, but I guess, you know, it's like if, if Tennessee gets a kid on campus and they had 0% chance that they had for go get the kid before he came, and let's say all of a sudden they have 20%, that's 20% you didn't have. So, you know, it, it's three or four practices that you hadn't, you know, been able to do before. It helps a little, but in the grand scheme, you're right. It, it's more just kind of getting acquainted, understanding the practice flow. That way when you get to March and spring practice starts, you're not – in shock value because how a college
1: practice and a high school practice are run are two different things. Yeah. But how many kids remember that?
2: <laughs> remember that
1: some of those kids can't I can remember promise you, one week to the next. <laughs> Justin
2: Williams will, that kid is intelligent. As, yeah. As all get
1: out. So That's true. You know, that is true for, for sure. So again, you know, out of the 20 signees, Tennessee will have 13 of them here. Midterm that's the starting crazy number in January. for me. Yeah, that is a crazy number. I mean, I mean, Rob, I guess this is telling our age, Austin, you, you're in on this a little bit as well, but I mean, it was a big deal if you got one or two midterm enrollees for somebody to enroll oh. in January was such a shock, like a, like a big time deal that, was, that that would actually take place. Now oh. over half your class is going to be here in January. It's Crazy.
0: And, and and generally it was only a quarterback. Yeah. Back, back in the day. And now it's just like you say it's, it's commonplace.
1: Yeah. 13, 13 of 20. <laughs> CD Ball wants to know uh, how big of a threat is Ohio State for Verse I, Austin. I've not heard Ohio State. I mean, that, to me, that's not a school that. I, I, I mean, I, I've never heard their name mentioned one time. Yeah, same here. I mean, I think Oklahoma, uh, Florida, some of the LSU, some of those schools would be a bigger schools concern. with coaching changes that have open spots. Yeah, would be a bigger would be a bigger threat than than anyone else. Uh, Farmer Vol wants to know, I know you can only worry about the ones you get, but for fun, can you name one player on offense and one player on defense UT had a legitimate shot at that was that sign with another school on early signing day that you would give their signatures to the good guys if you could. If your answers are Simpson and Nolan, then say it, but please give a second uh, as well if those are your answers because I figure those are the two obvious ones. So outside of outside of Simpson and Nolan – Anybody that – anybody jump out to you there, AP? Hmm.
2: That's
0: – no,
2: not really. I mean – I would say, you know,
0: say Dallas Hayden. But even – I don't know that Tennessee had a legit shot to get it since it never got him yeah. on campus.
2: Well, well, he did. He came, but he didn't talk to anybody. He came for that game. Um, you know, that that's the thing is like um, they didn't have a legit shot once they committed, but they had a, a real legit shot back in March – wades you know yeah yeah. um you know and 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 you know all all that talk aside i I think keaton wades a stud and and i think destin will end up being you know really really good probably at the same position keaton plays i mean you know i'm pretty adamant he's not a quarterback but i mean i think he's a phenomenal playmaker and you know if he buys into you know playing outside backer or whatever I think he can be just as good. Yeah, he's post- not—he's not as big, but he's—he's not—not as big by design. Like you're not going to be as big as Keaton. Keaton's trying to throw weight on. Destin's playing quarterback. He's not trying to throw a ton of weight on.
1: Yeah, I think both those guys can play. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. And Tennessee certainly felt that way as well. I, I would also say um, a, a legitimate shot at they didn't get any, either one of one of those final two junior college defensive backs just because they needed those guys. Um, you know, just because those guys were of need. Um, now, I thought, you know, I, I thought when he left here, I thought uh, Agu was going to end up being a Vol, uh, you know, when he left the, the Tennessee visit here. But um, you, you look at those two junior college guys um, and, and the need Tennessee had at that position to close out, uh, that would be a couple of guys as well. All right, uh, to the next one we go. Is Nico actually attainable if Alabama wants him? Austin. I mean, I, I, I don't want to
2: say no, but, I mean, like, at the same time, I mean, it's like, you know, it, it's tough to be at Alabama on the recruiting trail, but guess what? Some kids are built different, you know, and they're just built, like, you know, to go to a place and want to be the guy and not just be another guy at Alabama or another guy at Clemson or just like back in the day it would have been easy to say you don't want to be another, another running back or receiver at Tennessee. You know, you want to, you want to make your name for yourself in another way. And so, you know, I think Nico's kind of built that way. Um, Alabama's obviously in it. Ole Miss, Georgia, Tennessee, like those are the four teams in this league that stand out for Nico. And, um, you know, Ohio State's trying to sling hard, but I don't think he wants to play in the north. I think he would prefer to play in the south, and he does want to leave the west coast. And the fact that uh, Malachi Nelson's already committed to Southern Cal, you know, means he ain't going there and he ain't going to UCLA.
1: Does any any chance Oklahoma gets in that with Levy moving out uh, there? Or are they late uh, I, to the party because of that? Just Not because – I know he liked Jeff Levy at Old Mess. Does, does, does that give Oklahoma a shot or do you think they're too late because he's going to come off the board? I anymore? mean, I mean, I guess in
2: theory, yeah, they'll have a shot. But he, he's pretty adamant he wants to play in this league. And I know Oklahoma's coming into this league in a few years. But, like, it, it really sounds like to me they want to be in the south, not the Midwest. I got you. Uh, Devin Hyatt going to give Tennessee a look. I guess it depends if his brother stays here. You know, I mean, he's going to have more options than Jalen did coming out of high school, so that one's going to be a lot harder than Jalen's ever was. So for me, um, you know, I would put it on less than fifty percent chance he ends up here. Uh, Tennessee certainly will try, and if Jalen's still here, they'll have a shot. But Jalen's got to become more of a factor. If if Jalen stays and he catches a ton of balls and scores a bunch
1: of touchdowns, then I think that changes how Devin views Tennessee. Uh, anybody outside of Herring at the rush in position to keep an eye on?
2: Uh, I mean,
1: I mean, like Vic Burley could do that, but more likely he's going to put
2: on weight and, you know, play strong side defensive end or maybe even move into Demons of tackle over
1: time. So, um, no, no, it's too early for all that right now. All right. Do you think Morton is a possibility, even though he's going to visit that early as opposed <laughs> to visiting late before signing day?
2: Yeah. Moten is someone who, I you know, Orton, yeah, Moten, yeah, sorry. it's Miami. I mean, Crystal Ball's got room to spare. It's hard for me to see him not getting a kid out of South Florida if he really wants him because uh, he's going to want to make a statement. And Moten's ranking is kind of ballooned here in the last little bit, Brent. So, from a perception standpoint, landing that kid looks good and uh, sets the tone for your 23s. But Tennessee certainly will swing, and Rodney's will keep swinging.
1: Yeah, that's you would think he's a must for for crystal ball. I mean, just, just to, as you mentioned, to set a tone and and they got a need there. Final question in this group of questions uh, here is: What are the must-haves on the Christmas table for dinner? Anybody got a must-have? We're all over the place on Christmas dinner because we do like the breakfast deal, and then some years it's steak, some years it's turkey, some years like this year it's going to be a pork loin. Our Christmas dinner, Christmas Day dinner, is all over the map.
0: So same we, here. We don't same have a no
1: set menu. Rob Lewis, you got a set menu? Y'all got a set no, Christmas menu?
0: No. No no set menu.
1: Ah, same thing here. All right. It fluctuates. Uh,
0: do what? That's it. Fluctuates.
1: Fluctuates. Um, What recruiting access advantages will the football staff have in Nashville that they're there for the bowl? Rob, there's nothing. It's dead. Nothing.
0: None. Zero.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's just no advantage. I mean, I, I guess Austin – Josh Heupel can meet with some former players. He can meet with some donors and people out there. But in terms of direct access to recruits, there's nothing there that's going to pay dividends for them being in Nashville for five days.
2: No, you're just in the city. Kids are seeing orange everywhere, seeing the power of, of, of the brand. So that does have an impact. When you have that many, how much that much orange in one, one place, I, I do think that can leave an impact on the kid. If the kid's out and about um, – and potentially could go to the game the kid can go to the game as so long they don't die
1: right uh orange grizz 91 provide any kind of progress report of red shirt players or how they've grown physically or mentally we don't get a chance to see them but rob anybody in this young crew you're really interested to see in the spring and kind of see where they are um of guys who didn't play a ton of snaps or are redshirted this year is there anybody on this roster that Jump, jumps out to you. I, I mean, for me, it's it's where's Callaway, right? I mean, he, here's a guy who was playing early, didn't play down the stretch. The red Dro- shirt dropped the him. pass
0: at Florida and went into the witness protection, program. right?
1: So, so wh- where is he? I, I think that's one th- that's one that's most intriguing, probably the most logical and intriguing for me. The other one's Christian Charles. Yeah, I
0: was I was gonna say Charles and Rucker on defense okay. and, and Jimmy Callaway on offense, just because I mean, you could clearly use some help in the secondary.
2: I was going to go Julian
1: Nixon at tight end. Oh, okay. I think he's, he's a, a, a good-looking kid. Yeah, I, and I think the, he's a guy nobody talks about. I mean, it's Miles Campbell, Nixon, Trinity fan, Bell. You know, it's it, nobody talks about uh, about you know Nixon. It seems like Nixon, Trinity Bell, and Cayman Marley—all guys that I, I just am more intrigued to see. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Tennessee behind-the-scenes support staff for football? How does it compare to other rival programs? Uh, including grad assistants, recruiting staff, etc. cetera. Um. Well, nobody's going to touch Alabama. And
2: up until they, you know, had to put Muschamp on staff, like Georgia's wasn't that, you know, spectacular. Alabama's just a totally different level because people go there to do the whole rehab thing with Nick for the image. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of mean. like To me, they're very similar. Florida Ole Miss LSU to me all that's very similar
1: yeah, for, for me I think the bigger question I have you know I, I know Billy Napier said he's going to have an army of guys Rob and you're talking about how many guys you're going to add and this that and the other for me I think the question is going to be where is Danny White financially in terms of uh, rewarding his current guys and helping grow some some positions off the field beyond an evaluator, but, but maybe somebody and because you can do more things now in recruiting with some of your branding and marketing, how does he grow there? But you look at this, I mean, you see the big raise that Mark Stoops has got, You, you see where Sam Pittman's going. I mean, I mean, Josh Heupel is in the lower third. I know it's just year one. He's in the lower third. I think Alex Golish may be the lowest paid offensive coordinator in the SEC at this point. Where is Danny White going to be after year one in terms of how much he elevates guys financially? I, I think that's a I think that's a storyline for the early part of January here for me.
0: I think It's coming, don't you? I it mean, has I just, to be right. I mean, I mean you just look around college, I just I mean, I just, don't, I just don't think money's an issue for for anybody. I mean, with the with the new ESP, I mean, for anybody in the SEC. Let me say that with the, with the new SEC contract TV contract. I mean, Tennessee may not be in fin- the financial shape that, that some of their peers are, but I don't I don't think that that money is, you know, de- especially when you're talking about your three or four million to bump up Heupel and, and his staff. I just don't think that's a big deal.
1: I will say this. It feels like Mitch Barnhart wrote a retirement for himself. Like, I'm not dealing with a football coach anymore. <laughs> you, you know what, Austin? I mean, it feels like when you look at the – Financial parameters of that one, how much he's got the buyout, and where all that is at. It feels like Mitch Barnhart said, "You know what? I'm gonna lock Mark Stoops up, and then the next guy can deal with that." I, I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with with football coaching contracts because that's a pretty that's a pretty coaching friendly contract that Mark Stoops has gotten.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at the fact that you know he, he requires you know bare minimum win wise to roll it over and then, you know, gets these nice chunk raises in there. Um, you know, he, he's got a cushy gig. They're, I wouldn't want to leave either. When yeah. the, the, the expectations are low. You know, you, you can go nine and three and people are happy, but, like, you lose three in a row and, and lose to Tennessee and people aren't, like, jumping off the bridge up there. They're, they're calm and, you know, just ready for basketball to get here. And if there's a football game in between, you know, it, they'll go to it and support. But, I mean, you know, I watched them leave you know, the stadium that night, because I was going live with Russo on Channel 8, I mean, it was like, oh, well, we tried, you know. Tennessee fans would have been walking out of there just, I mean, ready to fight, you know. And, and Kentucky fans, now maybe in basketball they'd be that way, but in football they're like, eh, well, we, we did our best, you know. And that's how it felt. So, I mean – the Kentucky job's a nice, cushy gig with that current contract for Mark Stoops.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, JPL.
0: The, AP, it's like the, the Kentucky football job's like being married to an ugly woman, isn't it? Just low XP do the bare minimum. Stay employed.
1: Time, time to move forward to J, JPL balls. Why do you think safety hasn't been considered a bigger priority in the portal? Seems to me like it was a bigness and weakness on defense last year, but I feel like wide receiver, tackle, edge guy, linebacker have been bigger priorities for the staff. Does this staff feel okay with what we have coming back at safety next year? Here's the thing, I think, the I think
2: I think it is I think it is an important deal and and that's why they wanted, you know, to land Marquise Gilbert so bad hubs. I mean like he was so coveted by them. But, you know, when they did like you just don't need jerk. Like I, the people on the board can't grasp that like, you know, just because a kid was ranked coming out of high school doesn't mean he's a good player now. Like, if you were a four-star in 2018 and you got six catches for 32 yards in your career, what does that make you? That You're not a four-star anymore. Like, you know, you're a guy that's never been able to, you know, manufacture anything at the college level. So, like, if you don't have conviction about a kid in the portal, you don't take them. Because ultimately, most of these kids in the portal are going in the portal for a reason. They got problems academically. They got problems athletically, whatever. Now, there are exceptions. There are kids that don't have any problems, and they're guys that are able to, transition right in and play at the next at their next stop and they're fine but a lot of times you're bringing on uh the problem that, that that's at another school you're bringing it to your school and uh, when you go into the portal. So you better have conviction about a kid if you're going to take him I, i'm with tennessee on this like not knee-jerking i've all i've said forever you can't live in the portal but when you do you better be sure about things like things did not pan out with Jawan mitchell last year you know i can't i don't see any way he's back unless he really kind of changes His whole outlook on things. So, I mean, it's not that it's not a priority. I just just don't think there's anybody in there that Tennessee's like got to have them.
1: Well, here's the thing, too. Here's the thing, too. Rob, at some point they all count. And and I know, I know, you got the rule. You know, you get seven, and you can you can sign up to thirty-two guys or whatever. They still they still eventually count in terms of your eighty-five, which affects your signing class numbers in the previous year. So you have to make a decision of. Do you want to take four or five, or do you want to say, you know what, we're not going to take, we're not going to take that many. We'll take a couple, and that gives us two more to sign next year that, that we can back count or we can manipulate the numbers on because it's helping us stay under the eighty-five. To me, I, I look at it, if I'm getting a new job and I'm a new guy coming in like Florida uh, or some of those guys, they've got to go heavy portal, right? They, they've got to go portal because their numbers because of the number of guys that they had leave but if you've got some establishment you got to look at a guy a couple of guys in the portal and say how many wins is that going to be worth to us you know what what's it going to mean to us i mean can this guy really be the difference in us getting over the you know the proverbial hump in, in year one or does he have multi years and we think he's better than a high school kid there's a lot more factors in it than just say hey you got seven you, you, you they say you can add people let's go add people there, there's just a lot more balancing act to it than i think of people that I think a lot of people look at, or about. Yeah, and I
0: go back to AP's point about you know fit culture. Why is the kid leaving? There aren't many hidden hookers hitting the portal, in my opinion, in you know any sport. And and however you you love these numbers, and I saw this one today: eight hundred and sixty-five kids have gone into the portal since August, and only two hundred and twenty-two have landed anywhere. So there's over six hundred kids out there looking for a home.
1: Yeah, should, should be an eye-opener to some kids looking, uh, you know, for greener pastures because they're, they're not always there. They're not easy to find for sure. Um, but, again, Tennessee is going to be active in the portal. They're just going to be more patient, which I'm with Austin. I totally agree with. Uh, Pine Mountain Vol, let's know, since you got to do more interviews with players this year, which player personality did you enjoy visiting with the most?
2: Javante Payton.
1: Yeah, Payton was fun. He was fun. I, I'll tell
2: you. I, I, I... I enjoyed Javante more than anybody.
1: I tell you, I tell you a guy that I gained a ton of respect for who I, who I really, uh, I think is a really good guy. And obviously he's a good football player. I've enjoyed kind of getting to know his personality a little bit. That's Theo Jackson. He's never the most dynamic interview. Okay. It's not, that's not what I mean by that, but, but he's come a million miles in, in his interview skills and, and he's got a pretty good personality. And Rob, he's obviously been a really good football player for Tennessee this year. I, I'm I'm glad to see his success. It's been it's been fun getting to know him a little bit this fall.
0: Yeah, I would I would I would have said Theo, and I would also say Cedric Tillman. I, I mean, that's a kid that you just I, I don't know if we've ever talked to Cedric before, but he's never done anything on the football field, I and mean, you know now turns in the kind of season he did. It was both of those guys. I enjoyed talking to because, you know, you could tell they, they appreciated the success that they were having based off everything that they've been through.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm going to read this question. I'm not sure any of us can answer this in the remaining time that we have on the podcast, but, but, but orange Grizz has been all in this, all in this mailbag and I'm going to read this question. I'm going to let you guys just give a reaction to it. And we'll go from there. If you were named head coach at Tennessee tomorrow and had to build your staff with post former VOL coaches, how would you construct it? Do you have a specialty or consider yourself a CEO type head coach? You So you so you get 10 assistant spots, a strength and conditioning coach, and you can allot them to defense and offense however you like. Head coaches are eligible. If you want to put Heupel or Kiffin in as the OC, Kiffin as a recruiting, as a receivers coach, that's fair game. So of the 45, Five hundred coaches, Rob, who have come through here the last oh. fifteen years. Who are you who are you rolling with? I mean, there
0: have been some really good coaches come through here. As I said, I mean, it, it, uh Kiffin, offensive coordinator; Hypo, quarterbacks coach, and I don't know how I don't know how they're plays. I would definitely be a CEO.
2: It, it would be uh, more fun to to, to construct the ter- or staff.
0: That would be. <laughs> is, is John AP? Do you still have the Lake House number for John Palermo? Oh, the, the cabin there there's Wait, never
1: more. there's never been more white page and search for john palermo and some obscure town than 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 my google machine has ever done uh, uh that's
0: for sure sam Pittman, easy one for offensive line coach yeah really easy
1: yeah i mean i'm going i'm going pitman uh, offensive line coach um kiffin would be my um He would be my receivers coach. Hype will be my quarterback's coach. They'd be co-offensive coordinators and probably kill each other in meetings, but it doesn't matter. We'd have a lot of ball plays drawn up there. My defensive coordinator would be Justin Wilcox. Oh, totally. That'd be my defensive coordinator.
0: You know, I would have said, based on his resume, I would have said Derek Ansley would be my secondary coach, but they weren't very good last year. No,
1: they weren't. I'll tell you who else was a was a was it was a bad fit, but is a good football coach, Dave Clawson. Yes, I would not hire not him post-Fulmer. as my. I don't think he would hire him as my OC, but he's a good football coach. He he's better than better than anyone's ever given him credit. Here, it was just a bad fit. It just he's didn't where work. he needs to be. Absolutely, where he needs to be. AP, am I missing anybody?
0: No, Jeremy Pruitt, linebackers coach.
2: No. Jeremy Pruitt, D-line coach,
0: over Rodney. Come on,
2: it was a
1: joke because he coached him last year. Remember? Well, he was. He said he was coached him last year. Um, Nashville six-one-five. Nat was nil a factor in retaining Hendon Hooker. Is that what Cedric Tillman is angling for in his delayed announcement with the roster ninety-five percent for next fall? Who are the vocal leaders? Uh, Juwan Jenning isn't sitting in the locker room, but seems like we may be losing some veteran leaders. Going to be hard to replace like Alante Taylor, Cade Mage, Matthew Butler, et cetera. Um, I, no, Hinton Hooker
2: announced he was coming back without any firm NIL deal. Now, do I expect him to land said deal? Absolutely. But, you know, um, he made that decision because he wanted to come back. Uh, but I expect him to have – I expect him and Hooker, Cedric Tillman, some of those guys to sign some substantial deals.
1: All right. Um, leaders. Who do you like leaders on this team? Either one of you guys. been well, here? And, Andon Hooker. Andon Hooker, um, Cedric
2: Tillman. Defensively, man, I don't know. Like, I, I you know, I, who do you have? I mean, I think Tyler Barron can be that. Um, does Byron Young have it in him? I don't think it's Jeremy Banks. Um, I really don't think there's anybody at that linebacker spot in the secondary. You know, I think Tennessee's got to be faster at safety. So to me, they've got to, you know, make a move or two there and and and, and get quicker at uh, the safety spot on the offense. You know, know Wright's not real talkative on the offensive line. Um, Jerome Carvin should be, and, and and Tillman Tillman's just so quiet. But so was again, so is so was Hendon Hooker.
1: That's different at the quarterback position because everybody looks to you there. I mean, you can be quiet, but everybody's still looking to you that way.
0: I think I mean, he's not a senior, but I think Cooper, pretty strong, pretty strong personality. Got very a guy that everybody seems to like.
1: Yeah. Um, Bubblegum 760. You suspect any changes with the staff here after the bowl season? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that because you got a lot of trickle down effects going on. Um, still, coordinator jobs to be filled out there. Position coaches out there to be filled. Again, I think it goes back to Danny White. Where, where is he going to be with salaries for guys and who gets opportunities? So I don't, I don't see anybody leaving at this point. But I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if the phone's not ringing for some guys um, potentially in the month of January, no. just because there's so many jobs open out there. Yeah, I mean, like you know, a guy like Rodney Garner, he's drawing interest. But I, you know, Rodney's very happy here.
2: And yes. so, I mean, you know, I, I don't see – I'm with Hubs. I don't see really anybody, you know, doing that. But you just never – you never can say never in coaching because if somebody comes with a promotion and a big chunk of change, nobody's going to, you know, bat an eye if somebody decides to do right by their family and, and, and take a, a big chunk of money and a promotion. Now, you know, I don't think that's coming. Um, and, and, you know, I was actually talking to the, to the head coach about that the other night just from the standpoint of all of the different change that this place has seen – you know, just like they had six straight defense, six new defensive line coaches in six years once Dan Brooks was fired as part of Philip Fulmer's staff in 2008. Like this, this place has had so many strength coaches, so many different position coaches over the years. It needs a two or three year run of the same dudes leading it uh, with, with no change to me, just to kind of steady everything.
1: All right, a couple more and we're out the gate here. Uh, Rob, what was the true financial impact of the game being canceled last Saturday? Was there a payout guarantee or any kind of deal with that game being set in Memphis? I'm not aware of a payout guarantee there. Biggest expense was the travel expenses, right? Just
0: travel, hotel rooms for, you know, 20-something 20, 20 hotel rooms, catering three or four meals, renting out meeting space and in, in an expensive hotel. So, as Rick said the other day, it cost – Tennessee dropped $30,000 and probably less than 24 hours in Nashville.
1: All right. Do you guys have your own personal favorite ball player of all time? If so, what are your reasons? Did they become your favorite during their playing days or afterwards? Anybody got a favorite?
0: Uh, When I was a kid, I was a pretty big, pretty big Dale Jones fan. I would say Tony Robinson. But as far as like dealing with kids guys professionally, Chris Lofton way up on my list. Uh, Eric Berry way up on my list, and Grant Williams uh, way up on my list. Gerard Bale. I like Gerard Bale a lot.
2: Since Eric Berry is directly responsible for me working at VolQuest, we'll go Eric Berry. Now, as a kid – You should say Eric Berry. As a kid, (laughs) uh, I would go James Man Stewart because I got to watch him play in high school. Yeah. Um, And and so you naturally become like – you know, as a little kid, you're like, oh, man, that's awesome, that guy's – and then all of a sudden you see him wearing orange and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed Todd Helton just because I knew him before he got to college. Um, enjoyed seeing have enjoyed seeing him some of this fall he's been around on campus a little bit been great to to visit with him and catch up with him inky Johnson is a guy that I loved his story before he ever got hurt and obviously what he's done after the injury has been pretty incredible um, he's a he's a great guy to continue to have conversations with as a kid growing up um, meeting Reggie white for the first time was pretty intimidating and, and pretty Awestruck moment there just because he was so much. It's the biggest guy I'd ever seen at that point in my life. Uh, I was a big Tony Robinson fan in, in, in 85 as well. Um, the whole wristband on the ankle thing was pretty cool. Um, uh, so I was, I was a big T Rob fan. All right. We got just a couple minutes left. Last question out of the gate here uh, for a couple of people. What, um, AP, what do you like about, what, what are your impressions of Nico? What do you think everybody likes about Nico? Unbelievable arm um smart great athlete
2: long he has all the measurables and so that's the biggest thing that uh i think everybody loves about nico
1: all right favorite recruit from this year to talk to and deal with that signed with tennessee and favorite that you de- enjoyed dealing with that didn't sign with tennessee well, also for me I, that, go ahead go ahead you sure, for,
2: me, that's, me. For, me, for me that's easy um it would be justin williams uh, even though I just got to know the kid in late October, um just a really good kid, and and comfortable enough with me when he walks up. My my whole line is like, you know, when I see people that are older than me. What's up, old man? And now the kid's doing that to me. So, um so, so you know that I, I like that kid a lot. Kids that didn't sign, it would be Dowling because I've known him forever, and it would be Ty, and that's because you know I put a lot of time and effort into kind of building that relationship, and. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of an, like an old head when it comes to talking. He, he, you know, he always likes hanging out with older older people there in Martin. So, he he, he talks like a 40-year-old.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: for, for yeah. Over the years, I'll go Marcus Russell.
1: <laughs> you're, you're I, he's right there with Randy Moss with me. Jamarcus and Randy, two, two of the greatest I've ever dealt with. Y'all got a pool? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to Notre Dame. Click my Randy Moss conversation. All right. Remind me of this one. I'm going to leave this out that he wanted this. It's this a good po- podcast topic for slow time coming up, uh, whenever that jumps about. And that is to compare and contrast Hypel's first year with the previous first year coaches, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, and Jeremy Pruitt. They're year ones. That's a good podcast topic that we can go in depth with at some point. So um, you guys can remind me about that one at some point in time, and we'll try to get to that. It's a good question. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Smoky Mountain Organics, Volquest.com mailbag podcast for Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll uh, have a podcast for you next week coming up uh, from Nashville. Get you ready for Tennessee and Purdue. And of course, we'll continue with plenty of basketball coverage, recruiting coverage, and more at Volquest.com. Merry Christmas, everybody. been listening to the Ball Quest podcast every week here on Ball Quest